Good afternoon, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to another episode of The End with Adam. I'm your host, Adam Elbari, and this, guess what? It's the end. But don't worry, because the end means that something new is going to happen, whether you like it or not. And for me, I wanted to do a special episode today. I wanted to call this the relationship episode. Ooh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. This actually should be a pretty popular episode, considering that's one of the main, I guess, uh, categories of podcasts that people listen to is uh, podcasts about relationships. Um, notice I've almost never done that in my podcast, and that could possibly be why I have such low numbers. I don't know. Maybe I should just talk about every girl I've ever dated and every bad thing that I've ever done, and who knows, I'd maybe be on the CNN after that, or wherever the fuck they put people who are uh, popular broadcasters nowadays. Who knows, maybe Joe Rogan will have me on. That's I think that's a little bit more pertinent to 2022. But anyways, I want to do a relationship episode because I had some of probably some of the worst experiences with women that I've ever had in my life at 26 in these past four or so days. Um, I had a relationship end, and I had another uh, friendship uh, sort of end as well, um, back to back, and for t- two similar reasons, uh, but also for uh, one um, very different reason. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't want to put people on blast in this episode, or really even name people, or say anything that would um, make them feel uncomfortable. But for me, this podcast is a part of the way that I process my own life, and it's also a way that I give good messages or good stories, good lessons to other people out there in the world, so that they hopefully don't do the same bullshit that I do. Um, Actually, on my way back from a trip that I took this weekend, um, I had an Uber driver who might as well have been uh, like an angel sent from from heaven just to tell me exactly what I needed to hear at that moment in my life because I had just come back from a horrible, horrible decision. I went to New Orleans to see a friend and reconnect with her, and um, this was after I'd broken up with uh, my girlfriend, uh, and I'll get into that in just a second. And um, I went to New Orleans because I needed to be around somebody that was familiar to me. I needed to just kind of get out of my own head. The winter of, of Michigan is just something completely different, and I just needed a way out. And, and someone uh, was nice enough to kind of offer me a place to stay and, you know, a place to clear my head for the weekend. And I was planning on doing a few creative things, too, while I was there, maybe catching up with some people. Uh, but it was going to be a quick trip, you know, two nights, um, and then I was going to be right back home. And I was like, you know what, that'll give me enough space to kind of clear my head. Then maybe I can contact my ex and I can try to patch things up or at least uh, end things on a good note. That was my intention um, on Thursday night when I booked my ticket. And uh, long story short, um, my friend, I got there, she did not know I wasn't vaccinated and hadn't asked me um, until I was in the taxi to her house. So then I'm on the tax, I'm in the taxi cab to her house. And she's like, Hey, are you vaccinated? I'm like, no, she's like, starts crying immediately. Like I told her I just shot someone. And I'm like, why are you crying? And she's like, I can't have you stay at my house unless you're vaccinated. I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't have you here. I can't have you here. And I was like, 
I have nowhere to stay. I, I understand if like you are concerned, I'll wear a mask or whatever. She's like, well, why aren't you vaccinated? And I said, well, it just happens to be my choice and I haven't done it yet. And when I feel like doing it, I'll do it. But I just don't want to get vaccinated at this particular moment. Um, and she was like, oh my God, that's such a horrible answer. Like, I can't believe that's the reason why you're not vaccinated yet. And listen, guys, whatever your opinions are on vaccinations and whatever it is, and it can be as extreme as it is or whatever, I, I still think of people as people. I don't think of people as the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. Um, and I, and I genuinely like, you know, if you're somebody that is a crazy, you know, triple mask wearer, I'll treat you with the same respect as somebody who, you know, will, will tell me to take my mask off if they see it. You know, you, you, we all, we all know those people too. I think that everybody has their own way of interpreting the, some of the craziest experiences that we've all been through together in these past two years. And I cut people a lot of slack. That is to say that my slack was cut right at about the time where I was about to be homeless in a city that I was not planning to stay with anyone else at um, because someone had failed to ask me whether or not I was vaccinated. And that was like so important to them that I couldn't even stay at their house. So that's about where my slack runs and cuts off. And that's when I start to get upset with people. So I got very upset with this friend of mine. And I basically ended the friendship uh, saying, you know, that you've left me asked out here in a city that I didn't even really want to be in. I don't like New Orleans. If you guys listen to this podcast, you know, I don't like New Orleans. Um, and I she said some very mean things to her. And I don't expect for her to ever speak to me again. And I don't expect to ever speak to her again. Um, listen, if you've got stipulations that are that important and they are on the they're things that are, you know, that everybody has, like some people. Um, they don't like people at their house who smoke or who drink, you know, like th those are all fine, but you got to let people know before they book a ticket and come to your, like when I'm on, when I'm in the taxi, it's over. Like, I, you know, another, another type of person would have just showed up to the crib and been like, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have to call the cops. I, I got nowhere to stay, but luckily I blew a ton of cash and got a hotel room, hung out with about one person because everybody else was out of town or busy because I mean, it was an impromptu trip. I didn't really tell too many people I was coming. So I bl blew through a ton of my savings, wasted two nights of my life, um, two very lonely, depressing, quiet, dark, sleepless nights in this awful hotel. And uh, it was the opposite of a getaway. It was the opposite of a retreat. I was stuck with just my thoughts and my feelings of, oh my God, I can't believe I messed things up with this girl back in Michigan. I should try to fix things with her you know, I said all these mean things, blah, blah, blah. And she wouldn't text me back. She wouldn't talk to me. She wouldn't um, answer my calls. Um, so I tried to then, uh, you know, message her on Instagram. And then we started talking on Instagram. And I just felt like, do you ever get the feeling like it almost doesn't matter what you say, but someone just wants to be mad at you? Or not just mad at you, but they want you to be the cause of a, a larger existential issue that they're dealing with. I, I don't know if that's too specific, but this particular young lady, um, 
that characterized so much of our relationship was sort of me picking up the pieces of her prior traumas and trying to handle them with her with as much care as I could. This was very new for me. I had never dealt with a person who had had any kind of, you know, real issues that affected them to the point where it affected other relationships. So I was learning, you know, how to deal with this as I was, you know, involved with this girl. Um, but, you know, it gets to a certain point where you can only be villainized so much until you kind of, <laughs> it, it's almost like it, when someone continues to prompt you to, to do, to say something bad or to do, or, or to, to be a bad version of yourself, um, when you don't want to be after a while, almost out of spite, you kind of want to show them like, oh, okay, like you, you, you think I'm an asshole or you think that I, I, I'm inconsiderate or this, like, no, this is what being an asshole is like. This is what being inconsiderate is like. And in our final fight, uh, when I broke up with her, that was the way that I was acting towards her. And it was very rude. And I was very disappointed in myself for getting to that point because I knew even though I felt as though I had been provoked, the provocation was coming from a place from her that was just seated in trauma. And I shouldn't have balked at that, or not balked, I should not have jumped at that provocation. So a lesson to you guys, number one, if you're dating somebody or if you're interested in someone and all they talk about is their past relationships and how it fucked them up, start to look for an exit and find that exit in a very nice way my biggest problem with this young lady was that there was so many chances so many off ramps that i had where i could have gotten off and simply just ended it with her um without her being able to attach all of her previous trauma to me and kind of add me to this sort of blockchain of like bad experiences um that could have happened if i had been a little bit more mature about how um how I wanted to end things, but uh, as a result of me not doing that, not ending things at the right time, um, and just sort of waiting until it all sort of blew up and blew over, um, it basically became an unsalvageable conversation. I, w w you know, this person is no longer, I mean, anything to me. And it's it's sad. It's, it's really, it, it really breaks my heart, not necessarily because... Um, I felt like I had any real future with this girl. I mean, I don't think that would have been possible. She is just not capable of uh, trusting other people or having a, a relationship where she can just simply sit with another human and trust them and, and feel like they trust her and have that sort of mutual reassurance that's required to have a stable relationship. That's something she's got to find on her own. But what I needed to work on and what I need to know is realizing that if somebody can't do that that I can't do that for them that there's no world in which I can carry the weight of two people in a relationship carry the emotional weight of two people in a relationship and then f for me to then get angry at that other person for them not doing something that they that they were never capable of doing in the first place is ridiculous like it's completely stupid and it is the reason why I believe I deserved what happened and why I think it was important that these two events back to back, although they were unrelated, they kind of had carried this theme of you think you know somebody and then something happens and then you learn an aspect about them that's so uh, untenable with your personality that you can no longer be friends with them or anything to them. 
And uh, I, I think this is kind of the, the moment in our lives where that's happening. I think when we were younger, things were a little bit more uniform. There weren't too many complexes to people. You could kind of skate by without, you know, really getting to know someone. But especially with, you know, the world as it is today, the isolation, the atomization of people, you know, you get to know people uh, in a very intimate way if you spend time with them nowadays. And I feel as though a lot of people are one, afraid to share their full selves, and two, are so terrified of being hurt that they would rather explode the relationship than be vulnerable at all. Um, and I've, I've experienced that and I've talked about that in, in, in other podcasts, but to see it happen to me and to see it happen so quickly after um, I had talked about it with, uh, with Davin in my previous episode, go listen to that if you haven't already, the uh, Davin Baxter extravaganza, um, to see it happen to me uh, was a truly humbling thing. I truly felt humbled uh, from this whole, whole experience. And I, that's why I just had to get on the mic and talk about it. And I know I'm sure you guys probably want some more details, but I, I, I don't want to talk about these people. I want to talk about how I felt about the experience. I, I just know for myself that dating apps and starting relationships through dating apps have historically been problematic because you're, you meet someone on a dating app you start a relationship with them, which was based on sexuality. I, I don't know why people are um, lying to themselves about that. The reason why you swipe right on someone isn't because you think that they're a cool person and you might want to get to know them and, oh, cool, that's nice, you play Catan. The reason why you swipe right on them is because you, you want to have sex with them. That's, or potentially you want to see if they're somebody that you could have sex with. Um, it's physical attraction first. So when physical attraction is the first thing, right, it's sort of hard to see past that if you are physically attracted to that person. So like, for example, if the sex is good, if you're, if that person is very attractive, if you're very attractive, then it can seem like you guys are compatible and it can actually take some time. It's like a, it's like a, a timed release, like a, a bomb that takes some time to go off before you guys, you know, the sex has, has been had, you guys have kind of looked at each other, uh, each other enough times and you're kind of sitting across from this person and you're like, I don't really know that much about you, nor do I like what I know or what I've observed already. But for a couple more weeks, you just kind of keep going through the motions, hoping things will change and then they never really do. And then they just kind of end and you move on. Um, that's been my relation, but that's been my experience with uh, dating apps. Uh, for the most part, there have been these unfortunate times um, like this one where I feel like th this may happen with guys, but just I I'm heterosexual, so I can only talk about girls that I've uh, been with, where they will start a relationship in the physical realm and they'll all be on the same page. Like, yeah, I'm f physically attracted to you. You're physically attracted to me. Let's hook up. And then after a few times of hooking up, even though we know that the reason why we're even talking to each other right now is purely based on physical attraction, they want to begin to turn it into something else, and they want to do that very rapidly. Instead of the natural way, back before there were dating apps, where you would actually have to get to know somebody. Maybe, yeah, of course, you know, you'd hook up at a bar or whatever, but there would be a runway of time where you'd get to understand someone's behavior before you would get physically involved with them. And I think that uh, the, the Bumble Tinder world has really confused a lot of people, men and women, into thinking that 
just because they have a physical attraction to someone means that they should then try to lock that person down and have a relationship with them and if that's not happening then they then uh something's wrong or that they that that they're being used somehow or that or that other person is 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 uh manipulative somehow the terms of the agreement of any of these dating apps is exactly that it's a hookup place it's a place where you go to hook up now if you do develop feelings for someone that are real, that's totally different. Those should be expressed and they should be followed. But to to sort of kind of almost fool yourself into thinking that, that they're real and then by extension then fool that other person into saying, oh, well, this person really likes me. I guess I must really like this person too. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a relationship with a stranger um, that's the recipe for a monstrous disaster, a monstrous disaster. And I've seen people go years like this, you know, people move in together like this. So I'm on the lucky side of this, that luckily my relationship with this young lady didn't last for as long, for very long at all. Um, I, I will say this about her, um, the hatred and vitriol that I saw come out of her right at the end, right before we, you know, cease communication it really taught me a lot about her and it taught me a lot about the way she saw me and it taught me a lot about sort of and this is something that i never knew people did which is if something bad has happened to them sometimes they will they will almost attribute those bad things they will almost like blame you for not understanding how bad that thing was like as if you yourself almost need to go through that bad thing in order for you in order for it to be fair or something and it's like i can like you can only have empathy for someone and that's it you can never understand what happened to them or or how it felt or anything so if you're that person who got hurt and you are like upset that somebody doesn't fully and completely understand your trauma it's it's unfair that they'll never understand it it's not their their job is only to be there for you and be empathetic and i think when when she was kind of going on her tirade and just sort of really digging in and she said i was worse than murderers and rapists which i mean once somebody says i'm worse than a murderer and a rapist then i'm like okay now this is just funny um but when she was going on that tirade, I was like, this must be very therapeutic for her. I feel like she's been wanting to say this to guys who have hurt her before. And I think I'm just the guy who's taking this, like, you know, for the team, so to speak. And once I understood that, once I understood that her trauma was sort of speaking through her and that it, it, like everything I said that I was intentionally saying to try to scale things down or try to turn the heat down in the conversation, she would immediately jump up five steps of aggression. That like process or that uh, exercise I noticed was intentional. Like she wanted me to be the bad guy. She wanted to be angry at me and she wanted this to be like a true like end all conversation. And um I don't think I insulted her really that much. Like, you know, you say little quips back and forth when someone, you know, says that you're worse than a murder or rapist. I'm, I'm sure I, I wasn't nice to her, but I, I didn't call her names or anything like that. I really tried to be cordial and um, tried to be an adult about it, you know. And um, it was really disappointing to see somebody who two weeks ago I would have said was probably one of the most mature people I'd ever met.
just kind of that facade fall apart completely and you just see how broken this person really is and through no fault of their own i mean they, they've just got a lot of work to do to heal themselves but i didn't appreciate being the placeholder for the bad things that had happened to this young lady and um all of this was from a tinder or, or sorry a bumble match like all of this pain and frustration, and I'm sure she probably felt felt bad. I don't know if she even cares anymore. I'm kind of over it. It's you know, it's it, it happened and and it's done. We didn't even know each other for that long, whatever. But it's crazy how much involvement we had in each other's lives, based on an arbitrary app that happened to just match us, and we were just like, well, okay, I, I guess let's just try to start fucking and let's just try to start dating and it's like how are how insane is that uh i i i know for a fact that these apps have not done us any services uh as, as a society especially as young people um and i know for a fact that a lot of people who have suffered trauma and are in these and are in relationships and don't know how to have their partner support them properly, I think typically find themselves struggling to keep partners because of that very fact. And I wish there was some way that, that they could be helped without, you know, trying to find partners, sort of re reliving their trauma with their partners, you know, hurting their partners in the process, and then kind of become going, then being alone again. I, I, I wish that didn't have to happen to her because she is deep down a good person. I think um, I, I didn't really know her that well, but she, I, she seems like she tries to be a good person. So I just hope that she one day can uh, let people in and um, not be as suspicious and as weird and um, as as uh, accusatory and persecutive as she was. Uh, I mean, 50% of this relationship was just me trying to manage this massive insecurity she had about nothing. I mean, about literally nothing. Uh, it, it, when we got to the bottom of it, she would just be in, just insecure about insecurity itself, like existentialism. Like, how do you form a, a meaningful bond with someone that, you know, doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin enough to stand next to you with confidence? Like, it, it's impossible. So... I think with this, I, I have to say, um, there's really no better lesson, or sorry, there's no better tool to learn than life itself. And I feel like I could have never spoken on relationships in this way unless something this horrible had happened to me. And uh, unfortunately, it did happen, so now I can speak on it, and now you guys get to hear about it. But um, I think I'm going to make this a short episode. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to accidentally slip up and say something and identify any of these people but um to get back to the new orleans time it was uh you know i i went on the trip literally to get away and it was crazy like how much i was so excited to get back to michigan by the time all of that was over i was i mean it was a nightmare in every possible sense of the world, monetarily. None of my friends were in town. Uh, the, the city uh, was pretty much dead. It was the week before Mardi Gras. Uh, you know, it was just the worst possible timing to have gone. Uh, that 
made me appreciate Michigan and appreciate having a home and being with my family in a way that I cannot describe with words. I, I mean, I finally feel grounded now after having that have to happen to me. It made me now feel like, okay, Michigan is my home. I don't need to go anywhere else to find happiness. I can get it here if I try and I make it happen here. And that's just what it is. And for you guys out there that are listening and you're saying, oh, maybe if I just get to that big city or maybe if I just go back to that big city or maybe if I, you know, whatever the grass is greener delusion you have in your head, I promise you it's probably not true. And wherever you are right now, it may not be perfect. It probably isn't. And it probably from day to day kind of sucks a little bit. But I promise you it can always get worse, guys. It can always get worse. And uh, that may not help you, but I promise you if it did get worse and then it got better again, just better by meaning it got normal again, you would like normal a lot more and you would appreciate it. So um, whatever normal is for you, cherish it. Truly be uh, grateful every day. I am so grateful and so happy today to be single, to be healthy, to be employed, to have the ability to get up and try again the next day. And I hope that everybody who's listening to just this quick little, you know, splash podcast can go away from this feeling that way. Uh, But yeah, I had to do a little relationship episode, guys, because I mean, (laughs) two, two relationships ended in one week. Like, how many people can say that that's happened to them? Where one was already kind of ending and another one I was trying to pick up again because I was trying to get over the other one and that one ended so fast it was like I I mean that one barely even started that was like a non-starter so I mean huh, what what a what a wild ride these these last 48 hours were and, and maybe on another episode I'll talk about some more of the details of just the eight hours I was sitting at the uh, airport in New Orleans because I had to check out of my hotel way too early and I was just had to sit at the the uh the airport because I had nowhere to stay in New Orleans and just just the 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 hell of having to just sit hour after hour and think about how stupid of a decision I made Wallace at the same time texting the girl in Michigan thinking that I still had a chance to save things and salvage things and I and I didn't even remember what I had texted her or like any of the stuff that I had said when we had broken up and she had you know of course saved everything and screenshotted like all of our old arguments from like two weeks ago and was ready to present that all to me you know like I it was it was just so set up that I was going to get back to back punched in the face that um it was almost hilarious and uh it really gave me a respect for the consequences of uh living living life uh without really thinking things through number one and number two being around people that you don't know like that you don't know girls from Bumble like that, bro. You don't. You, you you just don't know them like that. And you may be hanging out with them for even like two months. And you still haven't really seen how how, how low they can go. You know, I, I, I always say this to people and people never really understand what I mean when I say like, you never really know someone better than when you get into a true argument with them. Not like a fun debate. Not like a, oh, well, I like ice cream, but you like ice cream sandwiches. No, no, no. You don't really know somebody until like you find a, a religious or a political or 
uh, an existential topic that they have a strong belief in and you are challenging that belief because the way they defend themselves will show you whether they're a you know a, a abusive person whether they're a manipulative person whether if they're you know it'll show you what tactics they use when they're trying to defend themselves psychologically uh, or when they're trying to convince you of something psychologically so sometimes when I get into you know arguments or tiffs with you know uh, girls or, or people girls that I'm seeing I, I almost uh, after it's over and we've recovered. There's this kind of oh shit. Sorry, you guys had to hear that. Um, there's kind of this moment where you like oh I kind of know you a lot more now, more comfortable around you because I've seen your low point. I've seen you get really mad and have to get unmad by defending yourself and explaining your point and expressing your point and then hearing my side and then defending the, or, or then debating that disagreeing and then moving on like that process really teaches you what a person is like and what i can say what i've learned <laughs> is that some people will show you that they can go to depths that will make your head spin when at the same time you may have thought they were some of the nicest people in the world and that may be trauma born that may be a defense response whatever it is it truly is astounding to see it happen to see someone transform like that in front of your eyes uh from go literally going from one person to another uh, in a matter of seconds is out of this world um and that happened to me guys and uh i'm telling you as a warning watch out watch who you trust watch who you spend your time with watch who you say i love you too um these are things that are very very powerful powerful these are magic words you know uh, to close up nick pizzolato uh the writer of um true detective said that there are words that are magic words if you say them people will do something that's magic you know just turning something from nothing uh so like for example if you just yell fire right people jump up well, that, that's a magic word. You just made a bunch of people just jump up by saying fire. Well, if you tell somebody I love you and you mean it, that changes the entire course of everything else you say after that word. Because now the context has changed. Now you know underneath everything that there's this other real powerful emotion that's guiding this, you know, interaction that's love. And... um if somebody says I love you, that ma if they say that magic word, it's supposed to disarm you and you're supposed to become vulnerable with them and trust them. But what if they're saying that and they don't really mean it or they're saying it and they're not sure and you become, you magically open yourself up to them and you become vulnerable. Mean meanwhile, they never loved you at all. And now you're opened up to a whole fucking world of pain because you listened to that magic word. So again, guys, be careful what magic words you listen to. Be careful who you talk to. And uh, I hope that this cautionary tale didn't slow your day down. I hope it sped it up, and I hope it was entertaining. Anyways, this has been a quick 30-minute splash. Welcome to the end, and uh, I hope you guys have a great beginning.